Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight in another old-school episode is Joan Carter. What up, Joan? What's going on? I'm sitting here watching the uh, the, the tip-off for Spurs and, uh, and Raptors. So it uh, looks like dude. it's going to be a fun game tonight. Hell yeah. Like, dude, I, I hope DeRozan gets 40 tonight. Like, um, I hope he gets and 60. I, <laughs> 60? Well, damn. Like, I mean, yeah, that'd be dope. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think 40. No, definitely. I, I think definitely he could not. get 40. I, I would put that as the over-under, like 39 and a half. Um, because, like, I feel like he's he's going to be out for vengeance. Um, especially, like, his first game back in Toronto. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, uh, it's... It, It'll be also interesting to see like how well Kawhi plays. Um, I think this is their their second game against each other, right? They already played yeah, once this season so. in San Antonio. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Kawhi went home first. Right, and I think the Spurs won that game, um, and I think DeRozan had a really good game. So, uh, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. Uh, does does Kawhi yeah. get a little bit of a revenge? Kawhi doesn't really seem like a revenge guy. Just Kawhi just day. seems like a guy care less about anything other than just playing really good basketball. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> in fact, it's funny because I was um, I was like going back and like looking at my um, uh, All Star starters and like uh, like thinking about if if I. If we had to pick centers, who would have been the the forward that you would have like put on the bench? And like it, it, from statistics, I would have chosen LeBron. But just out of like sure, like I, you know, like I mean, fuck, dude. Like, am I gonna pick Kawhi or LeBron? Because I'm not. I mean, I'm not benching Paul George, Giannis, um, or uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, it's probably I probably pick LeBron over Kawhi just just because like you know Kawhi would be fine with a bench spot like he's just like whatever you're not gonna hear any bitching from him like um like I mean I don't know as far as play like I mean Kawhi's on my second team All NBA uh, uh LeBron's third team but uh but yeah I mean as far as just you know LeBron's not going to not get the start so. You know who who would it be then? It'd probably be Kawhi. But uh, anyway, let's get into the topics. First topic, man, Zion. Zion went down with a knee injury 
um, in the opening minutes of Duke's game versus UNC Wednesday night, and his fucking shoe exploded. Like, this shit was crazy, man. Like, that shoe, like, <laughs> just like, uh, like, I, I, I don't think, you know what, you know what I compared it to? Um, my buddy, uh, at work is a big Duke fan. And I was like, you know what it reminds me of? You remember, Juwan, and you may not, I don't know, like, how involved you are in, like, X Games and shit like that, but you might remember just the, the shot of it. The, the the big air competition like six or seven years ago where the dude came down that huge ramp and goes up the vert and like launches 20 feet up in the air and then lost control of his board and then flies down and his fucking shoes explode off when he hits the ground. Um, <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. Like I was like, this, this motherfucker Zion has like 20 feet of force, gravity force, like in one fucking juke. Like, this dude is just, like, that's the amount of athleticism that you're dealing with here. Um, to be able to, like, create, um, like, that much force on a shoe. Like, it is ridiculous. It's crazy. If I'm Nike, I'm, like, writing, you know, Zion, calling Zion, texting Zion, saying, yo, like, get, let's, let's get in the lab. We're going we're gonna to create the ultimate shoe for you because, like, obviously, like, the, the, a Paul George shoe doesn't work for you. We need to create the best possible shoe, custom made for you. Um, you know, to to basically combat uh, your amount of athleticism uh, and weight. You know, for that matter. Um, but uh, but yeah, this this shit was crazy. Um, now he's listed as day to day. He's gonna miss the game against Syracuse. Um, but it doesn't seem to be a serious injury on his right knee. It's um, just a just a um, uh, grade one or whatever it's called. Um, uh, so, um, n- nothing, nothing terrible. Uh, but I mean, what did you think when you, when you saw him go down in the early minutes of the game against UNC? Well, it was, it was, <laughs> as a Knicks fan, you were holding your, you were holding your breath. You were like, Hell first yeah. of all, you know, you want the, you want the guy to be okay. Just, just from a human standpoint, but as a fan, you're kind of right. like, Hey man, you messing with the idea of you being our first overall pick? You better, you better get it right. together. Um, but what you were saying <laughs> about the uh, the athleticism of exploding his shoe, the craziest thing about that was the leg he injured wasn't the leg that that the shoe exploded on. It was the other leg. No. So I mean, yeah. just the idea of like you would think the force it would take to explode a shoe would be why you might have ruptured something. Um, but no, lo and behold, it was the other one. So like, even his body is like. God, you're so strong. Like, you don't even hurt the, <laughs> the right leg. We're just so strong. Um, but no, it, it it was it was devastating uh, to see, honestly. And I think the biggest thing that I looked at was how that team mentally uh, folded uh, after he went down. And the craziest thing is the uh, that kid um, R.J. Barrett, I think is his name. I, I could be mistaken, yeah. but Barrett, I believe, dropped no. thirty. Um. So, like, he individually had a really good game, but you wouldn't have thought that, you know, by looking at the box score at the end of the game. Um, Mike has to get these guys uh, with the mindset of we can't solely depend on Zion. Um, we have to realize, like, we are a team that has good players. They have really solid players, so it's not just like Zion or Buck. Um, that team could still win some games. 
Uh, but it was just really unfortunate to see him go down. It was like within 33 seconds. So it was like all yeah. the hype that he built right before tip off. Everyone's like, all right, you know, I made sure I peed. I made sure I got all the food and drink. I'm set. <laughs> 33 seconds later, they're like, can I get my money back? Like, this is insane. Like, they were paying, they were saying, people were paying like Super Bowl money for tickets um, to see a player that ended up not playing. Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to kind of get into this. So I don't want to move too, too far ahead, but. Uh, as far as like what he should do, um, he should definitely evaluate it himself. Don't don't let anyone tell you what you need to do. You evaluate it. You feel as though you you want to play, you want to win the championship with your with your teammates, or at least uh, try to. Then you do it. But if you feel as though um, you know you don't want to risk it, even though I do want to remind people, Joel Embiid was drafted pretty high, injured, like he wasn't healthy. So it's like I don't think Zion would drop out of top five maybe, uh, even if it was uh, a lot more serious than it is, because you're still banking on what he can be when he hits the floor. So it's yeah. not like, oh, he had this injury, he's done forever. Um, so a lot of people that are like, you know, don't mess up your, your draft stock. I get it from a money standpoint, because we do know, Nick, number one overalls get paid a lot of money. Um, yeah. But if you're just talking almost ten million dollars next season, right, right. But if you're talking about the standpoint of just like being drafted top five, I don't see if Knicks, Phoenix, uh, uh, Cleveland, if teams like that get in that one, two, or three spot, I don't see those three teams going. Nah, we don't want to risk it on that guy. I just don't. I, no. I don't find the draft to be that much better than Zion for me to go. Now I'll pass on him and I'll get someone else. No, so, I mean, no there, me, there's a top and he's in it. Like I mean, there's a, there's like the three top players and he's number one. Um, but I mean, it's it's him, RJ, and and John Morant, and like there's no way he would fall out of the top three, no matter what kind of. I mean, right. short of a career-ending injury, but like even a season-ending injury wouldn't um, wouldn't make him fall out of that top three. Right. So, I mean, everyone who kind of just feels like, you know, don't risk your future. I'm like, he's not – if he does decide to play, there is no risk to his future barring, like, life-ending, uh, you know, injury to where it's like he can't play basketball ever again. Like, the, the right. upside of this kid is too tremendous for you to go, now nah, pass on it. Like, again, I don't want to sound like a, a broken record, but Joel Embiid was a process. Like, that's why he has the nickname The Process. He didn't come into the league his rookie year and dominate because he was injured. <laughs> so it's like we've seen this before, and now look at the Sixers. I'm sure if other teams had the opportunity to draft Joel Embiid, uh, even knowing you'd have to go through those injury years, I think a lot of people still would. Um, so I, I see it as one of those things where it's like there's nothing he could do to, to jeopardize his stock. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of just feel like he shouldn't listen to anyone but himself. What do you want to do? If you want to capture uh, or an opportunity to capture a college championship, then if they tell you you're good to go, go play. If it does not matter to you, don't play. Who cares what Charles Barkley says, Rob Parker says? Right. They don't matter in the scheme of it because at the end of the day, I think me and you both believe, Nick, he has just as much opportunity to, to be in the Hall of Fame as Charles Barkley. 
So at the end of the day, I that's all I care about. So once you get in the league, you're going to be a tremendous force um, and possibly be in contention for, for a championship depending on where you go in the situation. So to me, don't worry about college, man. The, 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 people are overrating it uh, in the sense of it's like if you miss it, you'll forever regret it. No, let's not forget LeBron went from high school straight to the pros, and I don't think he missed the idea of playing for the NCAA that he's very outspoken uh, against. Um, so do what makes you happy, Zion. That, that's, that's all the advice I can give you. Yeah, um, well, a couple things here. Um, I wouldn't say he has just as much uh, chance as Charles Barkley to be in the Hall of Fame because um, Charles Barkley already is in the Hall of Fame. So you're, well, no, you're, you're talking about somebody like, who's 100%. Uh, go ahead. No, I, I meant in the sense of, like, Charles Barkley, you know, going through his career, you know, he kind of had that career to where you're like, this guy is an amazing talent. Forget him not winning rings or anything. He's going to make him to the Hall of Fame. I feel as though Zion – even if he doesn't win any championships in the NBA, I feel as though his career will will be one that we then stamp in the Hall of Fame. I, I just his talent is too great for me to think that he'll be anything less than a Hall of Fame player at at best or at least. I would at least if yeah if I mean if I was taking the over under on it, I would bet that he will be. Um, I, I I think it's too soon to compare him to a, a guy with the accolades of Charles Barkley. Um, but I, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. And the comparison uh, to Charles Barkley is obviously one that um, has been floated around. Um, I don't know. I, I, I find it hard to take like anything about Zion that Charles has to say with a grain of salt, or I tend to rather. Um, I mean, he, he was kind of on record, um, in a podcast not too long ago, both he and Shaq kind of dogging Zion, not like super dogging him, but like, um, like, you know, basically saying he's overrated and, you know, like, um, you know, Shaq was like, uh, what is he like six, two. And and the guy was like six, seven. He's like, yeah, well, okay. Six, seven. What position does he play? Like he he doesn't have a position. It's like yeah, we're in positionless basketball now. Like he's he's like you guys are like still kind of subscribing to this like old school train of thought is how to fit a basketball player who's a circle into a square peg of a position. Um, and it just it just it's unnecessary. Like we don't do that anymore. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, as far as the uh, the injury. Um, it sucks, man. Like, I mean, it, it, it certainly sucked, you know, for when it happened and, 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 you know, for that game and not seeing, um, you know, the, the, the squads be able to go up against each other, um, it kind of in the, in the, the peak fashion, if you will. Um, but as far as does he play going forward or not, I'm with you. Like that, Zion, do what you want to do, bro. Like, don't let any outside people tell you what you should or shouldn't do. Like, you're a grown man. Yeah, you're young, but you're still a grown man. Like, like you make your decisions. Don't let, the you know, anybody pressure you into playing if you don't want to play. And don't let, you know, people try to, like, like make you scared of playing 
um, because of what you might lose. Like, you know, like you said, Jawan, if he, if, if he really wants to win a national championship, if that's on his list of goals of his achievements that he, he wants to pursue, um, then go do it. Um, like, or, or try to do it and, and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Um, but yeah, I mean, any, like, I, it will be – it would have to take a gargantuan injury for him to even drop out of the number one spot, in my opinion. Like, I, I just don't see it happening. Um, he is just, to me, the clear number one overall pick. Um, there are just so few situations where I could see any team not taking him number one overall. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately I think he will play because if – you recall, you know, Scotty Pippen said that um, basically a month ago that he should just shut it down and not play. And, you know, when asked about it, Zion said, I'm not doing that. Like, I got way too many people relying on me to even think about that. Um, and if that's truly his mindset, which I do think it is, then, no, nah, man, he ain't going to fucking do that shit. Like, he's just not – he's not going to – um, if, if if he's cleared to play and he feels like he can play, I think he's going to play because he's got that sort of mentality. Um, and you know that's that's the kind of effort and thing um, that you that you want from your number one overall pick. Uh, and I I think he's got that. He's got that grit, that true grit. And um, you know, I mean, I I just think that that's going to be how this story plays out. I don't know when he'll come back. If I was Duke, I would probably look at resting him until the ACC tournament and bring him back mm-hmm. for the ACC tournament, work him in through the ACC tournament, and then get like get the team back and ready for the for the um, NCAA tournament. That that would probably be what I would be looking at um, if I was them. Uh, but regardless, I I don't. I, if he can play, I don't see him sitting. I just, I mean, he could prove me wrong, but I doubt it. I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, but yeah, I mean, regardless, whatever he decides to do, I ain't gonna fault him one way or the other. I mean, it's his decision. No, I mean, um, I, I'm gonna completely sound sound biased because I was talking to Joel about it the the night it happened. As a Knicks fan, we want him to sit. Uh, for the idea of we want you to be completely healthy, ready to completely play um, if we're able to draft you. Uh, but just from a human standpoint, I just want everyone who's telling him to play or telling him to sit, I want it to be from a genuine standpoint. Like, don't tell me he has to play because he owes it. He doesn't owe you anything. He doesn't owe the fans no. anything. He doesn't owe the school anything. He doesn't owe, owe Charles Barkley or Shaq. He doesn't know you guys anything. Again, he plays for free. I get it. A lot of people say you get the scholarship. A lot of these players aren't there for a scholarship. They're there for basketball mm-hmm. to get to the pros. So it's yeah. like you offering the scholarship is like, okay, cool. I don't even really go to class. So it's like it doesn't mean anything to me. Um, right. So the the notion of him owing someone, I need that to be something that goes away because he doesn't owe anyone anything. And then the premise of sitting because he owes it to whatever team drafts him, again, you don't owe anyone anything. Um, th- this is a business, meaning if you play, that's the business of, of college basketball. 
like you get injured, but you can play, so you play. Um, the idea of, you know, you sitting, you get injured, you're spooked a little bit, you want to sit. That's the business of it. So, like you said, Nick, I'm not going to blame them either way. But selfishly, as a Knicks fan who has an opportunity to draft him first overall, I want him to sit. Um, but the, the fan of me would like to see what he's able to do. Um, excuse me, in, during, during March Madness, I was telling, I was telling the, the group yeah. chat earlier, uh, I look at Zion and seeing him play in March Madness excites me because we never got the chance to see LeBron play in March Madness. Right. And I think he was completely dominated. Uh, March Madness. So it's like, I don't want to see another once-in-a-lifetime kind of guy not playing it. So it's like, if he's healthy and, and can play and wants to play, I'm super excited for him. But again, like you said, if he wants to sit, wouldn't bother me a bit. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. As a Hawks fan, you know, who, who's also in the running for that number one pick, um, uh, you know, I, uh, th- yeah, there is a part of me who, who, you know, would would like him to sit, um, but you know, I mean, percentage chance that you're going to get him and all that. I don't know. I, I, I want to see him play because if he gets into March Madness, like that is going to be awesome. And like, there's just who knows whether you know what could happen from there and who's going to get the number one pick and all that. So. Like, I, I just – I want to see the kid play. And I think it will make him happy to play. Um, now I'm, I'm, I'm projecting a little bit here. But, I mean, I think he wants to. So, um, so in that sense, um, I, you know, I want to be – I want to see him be able to, to show off what he can do in the tourney. Um, and, I mean, I mean picture, that's, that's where stars are born. Regardless of if you're a fan of Duke or not, I'm speaking strictly about Zion. Like, picture – the optic of Zion holding up that that championship, uh, like I, I think that'd be really truly amazing, um, and I think a lot of people would be a fan of that. Maybe not a fan of Duke winning, but the idea of him winning a championship, be a huge fan of. So I'm, I'm me personally as a fan of his, I'd love that for him. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I and here's the thing: I hate Duke. I really do. Um, never been a fan. Um, but this is probably the least hated Duke team I've ever like watched. <laughs> like I gotta be fair real. enough. <laughs> um, like and it's because of Zion and RJ and like all those guys who are gonna be um, highly touted, you know, uh, draft picks come next season. And it's just like, and one of these, we, we yeah, one of these guys could be on our team next year. Like I don't, I don't go about hating them, you know. Like I, I don't, <laughs> we go that far. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it does put a damper on my Duke hate. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, nevertheless, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out for sure. Um, absolutely. Let's move on to a very kind of related topic. Uh, the NBA has formally proposed to the players association, uh, to changing the draft eligible age from 18, or I'm sorry, from 19 to 18. Um, This is interesting because the Players Association has for a long time um, been essentially on the side of of the age being 18. The NBA has been on the side of not wanting to 
to lower the age back to 18. Um, I know they proposed something um, at one point saying that they would make the age, um, they wanted to make the age 20, and the, the Players Association like shut it down immediately. Um, and then they had like some other little thing they wanted to do where um, something something to do with like players could come in at 18, but if they went to college, they'd have to wait till they were 20. And that was um, shot down by the Players Association as well. But just dropping it down to 18, with, with the Players Association having been like essentially in favor of you know, dropping it to 18 for so long, I find it hard to believe that they would not be in favor of this proposal. Um, I, I mean, I think I think this means we will probably see the age limit go from 19 to 18 um, <clears throat> come, I think, 2021 is when the next CBA comes up. Um, so as soon as it, whenever it is, as soon as the next CBA comes up, I totally think they're going to drop it back down to 18, which means that draft could be fucking bonkers good, dude. Like, imagine, like, imagine, let's just take this year's class and last year's class and combine them and think about what that would mean. Like, think about all yeah. the different people that you could potentially draft. Where do you think Zion would go being straight out of high school? Like, keep in mind, like, he wasn't even necessarily considered the number one overall prospect um, coming out of high school. Most people had R.J. Barrett. So, like, I mean, just just think of where these guys could could end up. Um, but think and 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 to that, think about the class that you could get. The first year, eighteen-year-olds uh, are able to go into the draft uh, along with that freshman class. Uh, that goes into the draft as well. That's going to be one crazy ass draft year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my thoughts on on the age is uh, it, the thing about it is I've never understood. Well, let me not say I didn't understand. I I do understand why, but I didn't have a problem with kids going straight out of high school. I mean, if you watch some of the tape of Zion, Wiggins, Jabari, LeBron. Um, in high school, you would think these guys are tailor-made to start in the NBA, like, immediately. Uh, they were just dominating. I mean, you look at Wiggins and Jabari now, and you kind of go, where did all that potential go? But I don't know if you've ever watched high school footage of Jabari in, in Wiggins, but they quickly, like, people were quickly talking about the idea of them becoming, like, the next LeBron-Carmelo kind, of, uh, oh, kind yeah. of pairing heading into uh, heading into college. Um, those guys were just nasty. So, I mean, I never had an issue with kids coming straight out of high school. And I get colleges were like, or the, N- the NCAA was more so like, no, we don't want that, purely because they missed out on LeBron. So they were like, we don't want to ever have that, that possibility again. So we miss out on a once in a lifetime kind of guy like that playing in our program. Right. And it um and it helps it helps GMs as well because right. they get a better opportunity to assess players and, and everything else with yeah, I mean I, I think I think 
honestly, it, it helps both parties um, in that ruling. Um, but I mean, I, I I I don't know who it necessarily helps more. I would I would probably agree with you. It helps the NCAA more because of the money. Um, but like it it definitely gives um, you know all these various GMs uh, more opportunities to see these players to make a more educated decision as to who they're going to draft. But to that, I just say like be better at GMing. Like if you know if if you can't if you can't watch um, somebody in high school and tell they're going to be good. Uh, then maybe you shouldn't have your job. There's only 30 of you in the world. So if if you can't watch Zion in high school and be like, that dude's going to be really fucking good, um, you know, maybe you shouldn't have your job. <laughs> well, also another point to that is, excuse me, what I think a lot of people forget is <clears throat> not even around the time where it was, something that was happening often, um, it wasn't it wasn't happening to a degree to where it was becoming a problem. Like you weren't having fifteen to twenty I, I, I wouldn't even say ten, ten, fifteen to twenty guys coming straight from high school. Because not everyone no, I mean, is is <clears throat> Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I don't I don't think so. I mean I, I would have to look up the like the the actual like numbers on it, but I mean, you did have some some guys who came straight out of high school who um, didn't end up panning out. Um, you know, right. uh, I can't think of uh, there's one guy in particular, but I can't think of him off the top of my head. Um, who was like well, I really have, highly touted. Um, but, I have, I believe, Amari <clears throat> came from high school, right? Am I am I correct yeah. in that? Amari, yeah. Tyson Chandler, Kobe. LeBron, uh, Garnett, I think, was one. But I could be mistaken. Yeah, he might have went to college. No, he was. Um, so I think, I mean, I think T-Mac was. Yeah, so, I mean, you have a handful of guys, but we're talking over the course of time, not all in one season. So it's not like it was a huge epidemic. Uh, I agree with you in the sense of GMs just need to do better, like scout better. Um, and, I mean, we've seen it to where it didn't really pan out in, in college where GMs were good. I mean, we had Phil – we look back at it and we say, Phil stole Kristaps. Like, at, at the spot that he was at, I don't think anyone was really talking Kristaps in the sense of, like, this guy is going to be a really good talent. Um, Phil had No, there were. Out. No, I mean in the sense of high on their draft board. Like, I know uh, Cuban said, like, he was going to go after him if the Knicks didn't get him, but he wasn't a top pick in the sense of the three guys, three or four guys that were before. Wait, I'm trying to think of what a Knicks draft order was that year. No, he was. He was. I mean, he was – I don't think anybody had him lower than, like, eight, and most people had him in that three to five range. Um, I I, I think just, like, Knicks fans – didn't like it because, like, you know, the people at the uh, Barclays Center and all that, because, like, they didn't know who he was. Like, they were like, who the fuck is this right. guy? Um, but, but my point is, but, like, that, GMs did... and stuff, or I shouldn't say GMs. I don't know what GMs were thinking. But, like, as far as, like, like online, uh, you know, rankings and things like that, like, that, he was he was about where he was drafted. Um, maybe a little higher, but, like, he was still a top ten pick. 
Right, but as as a GM, if you had a chance to do that draft over again, would you say there were seven players better than Chris Tops out of that draft? Out of that draft? Oh hell no! Right, so that that's scouting that that has everything to do with scouting. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like GMs just need to do a better better job at GMing. I think in today's time, we're starting to get a lot better GMs. But through the history of the NBA, I've never seen it to where 30-something teams all had good GMs. I remember maybe five, and it was, like, throughout the generation, like five, maybe ten were, you know, really good or decent GMs. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but to, to me, I don't think – I think kids nowadays have a lot more options. I mean, we saw Luka Doncic on Twitter saying, Zion, go overseas. Like, <laughs> like if they're causing yeah. issues or any kids coming up, if they're causing issues to you, Go overseas, make your money there, make your name there. That's what I did. And now Luca's over here, uh, possibly becoming one of the best guys in the NBA. So, I mean, you have more options now. You have the, uh, the G League. Like, there's more options. But I do think one of the options should be going straight from high school to the pros. Uh, and like I said yeah. before, it's not, it's not an epidemic of every kid thinks he can go from high school to the pros because not every kid can um, but if you're telling me that, like, I'm watching Dwayne Wade's son, LeBron's son, Shaq's son before he got injured, Kenya Martin's son, like, a lot of these kids look really, really good. Like, LeBron's son looks like everything people wanted LeBron to be, that killer instinct, that shooting ability, that dagger in him. Um, that's what, when you watch uh, LeBron's son, that kid is nasty. So if you're telling me that kid, like, developing his game a little bit more, has the opportunity to come straight from from high school, I would be fine with that. I would just warn him, like, you know, you're you're getting it off of your dad's name, but just know the expectations on you are going to be through the roof. So going a year through college can kind of, like, give yourself that time to build everything up. Um, But, yeah, I I think they should have the option to. It shouldn't be – uh, the league telling them that they have to spend the year in college um, if they don't need it. Yeah. Um, by the way, the the person I was thinking of was Darius Miles. Do you remember him? Oh, Talked okay. about yeah, the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, he was straight out of high school. He was the number three overall pick, and he just, like, never panned out. Like, he was – he. I mean, he had, like, all the components. He just never could – tie it together. I mean, he was all right. He, I mean, he went bad. Um, but, I mean, he definitely was not, like, like, he was, like, a high school legend. Like, he was, like, dominating high school and just, just could never tie it together in the NBA to really be a good player. Um, right. But, uh, but nevertheless, like, um, I, I, I think you'll see some kids um, – through bad advice or what have you, um, you know, go ahead and, and, and try to, you know, test their, their luck by going um, to the NBA. Um, you know, but you're already kind of seeing that, um, whether it be Mitchell Robinson. Um, and and I, don't, I don't mean to say, like, he shouldn't have, you know, gone to the NBA. I, I mean that more in the sense of, like, um, the like he didn't go to college and was just like, you know, screw college. I'm just going to, you know, do, do my thing. Um, and, uh, there was another guy, I forget who, uh, um, 
shit, he got drafted by the Blazers, number 23 overall, I think. I can't remember his name. Guard, Anthony Simon. Um, you know, he was another one. Um, there's a Darius Basley or Baisley uh, is coming up in this year's draft. Um, who's another one of those um, uh, guys who, who just kind of skipped over college, but he's still, you know, the, so there are some guys who might end up doing it and it, you know, might hurt their stock, um, you know, kind of similar to how maybe it hurt Mitchell Robinson's stock, um, you know, not to go play college. Cause I mean, if he had played college, he would have been better than he was. Um, and people would have seen his game and been like, yeah, I ain't letting this guy fall to number 37. You know what I mean? Um, right. So, like, there are instances like that, those kinds of players. But if you're talking about your, you know, your Zions, your LeBrons, those kinds of guys, like, there's just no question, um, then, you know, it's a whole different story. So, yeah, I mean, I, to me, it just boils down to this. It's like, Dude, if they're an adult, like they should be able to make an adult decision, and they should be able to like get a career and and, and pursue their career um, like anybody else in the world. Um, so yeah. I mean that that's what it boils down to to me. Um, it it just it, it just makes sense that way. So let's 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 hope that uh, all of this gets panned out, and come 2021, we have the greatest draft of all time. Uh, and you know, it just kind of sucks that, um, you know, I probably your Knicks and my Hawks by that point in time aren't going to suck anymore. <laughs> so they're that's not going to have thing. like all this. All, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Um, but, uh, but nevertheless, like, uh, you know, not going to have the, the, one of the super high picks to you know, take one of these guys, but Hey, uh, with all that talent, you know, there, there should be some, guys littered throughout that uh, first round and even into the second round that are going to be really good. So, uh, so it'll, yeah, be it'll be fun to watch. With you saying that, it'll be interesting to see, like, if the Knicks and the Hawks are good by that point, it'll be interesting to see the teams that fall down to that spot yeah. to be able to draft those those kids, number one, because you would assume in about a year or two it would be still the Knicks or the Hawks. But if it's not, it'll be really interesting to see who, who fills that spot. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I don't think it'll be the Hawks. Uh, I mean, the Knicks, it's tough to say. It's a lot of it depends on free agency. Um, but with the Hawks, man, like uh, they, their young guys are already playing really well. Going to have two, uh, potentially two more like top 10 picks, um, you know, this off season with some cap space um, to, you know, hopefully sign um, some, some uh, quality players. Um, or a quality player um, the next couple seasons. So uh, yeah, I don't. I, in as weak as the East is, like I, I, I don't think the Hawks will be in the running of um, the lottery in the next couple of seasons. I think they'll they'll make their way back into the the you know seven eight seed in the playoffs. Um, but we'll see. I mean, you never know. You never know how kind of stuff can can pan out. But um, I see a lot of promise from my squad. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, so Kyrie Irving uh, recently addressed the viral video, which we discussed uh, what earlier this week, I think. Uh, yeah, Tuesday? earlier this um, week. Yeah, and it was him talking to Katie in the tunnel during the All Star game. 
Um, and he had several things to say about it and the media in general. Um, Joan, what were your thoughts on Kyrie's rant? Um, essentially, you know, about um, kind of about the video, but it, it it got a little more broad than that. Um, but just in general, what were your thoughts on what he had to say? Well, I'll say this. I'll agree with one stance that he made, and that stance is um, the, the media does isn't doing it for – I mean, partially they're doing it for us, the fans, who can't go in the locker rooms and talk to these guys and talk to GMs and stuff like that. Um, so that's how we get our information is from them. By no means are we kidding ourselves. They're doing it, again, like Kyrie said, for clicks and likes. That's a thousand percent why they're doing it. It was a conversation that, if not for subtitles and maybe being able to closely see him putting the two fingers up, you'd have no idea what they were talking about in that hallway. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like you're speculating, and that grew controversy in the sense of people are like, they're talking about the Knicks, they're going to go. He said two max spots. Um, but the biggest thing I learn every time Kevin Durant or Kyrie gets a microphone in front of them is that there's just no way they can take New York City. Like, there's just no way these guys that seem to cry about anything media-wise uh, would be able to take – I think you're using reverse psychology. No, 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 no. It, it's not even the sense of that because <laughs> by no means am I saying that I wouldn't want these guys here. I'm saying – it seems as no, though that's, what I'm that's exactly what I'm saying. You're like, oh yeah, Kyrie, KD, you couldn't take it here in New York. You don't know it. Like, and so like well, naturally, those motherfuckers would be like, oh yeah, motherfucker, prove you wrong. <laughs> I'll say this: if that is what I'm doing, I, I outsmarted myself um, because that's <laughs> not even what I was thinking. I was thinking more the sense of they're just they're too sensitive, uh, and like we said numerous times. Uh, playing in New York, uh, especially getting those two guys, letting you lose a game to, like, the, the, the Cavaliers in, in November. The media is going see, to insane. See, but here's the thing. I don't – but see, here's the thing. I don't think when, – when it comes to, like, talking about, like, basketball, um, I, I, I think they could handle New York just fine. I mean, I, I don't think that would be a problem. Uh, especially like especially Kyrie, who's just like so straightforward about like the game and his opinions on it, and and you know like the players and everything else, um, and even KD to a certain extent. Um, I I think if they went to New York and signed four year deals and didn't have to have the constant you know free agent off the court fucking rumblings, you know, I, I think that would be. A situation where you know that they, they would be able to to thrive and the media wouldn't they like they would be able to go back and forth with the media. I don't I don't think that would be an issue. Um, See, that, I think it's that it's, to this, me is, it, it's this this free agency thing that drives them crazy because they just want to talk basketball. Now, granted, they put themselves in a position where they you know, and especially Kevin. Um, more less so Kyrie because he didn't really put himself in this position per se. I mean, you can say, well, he had his comments at the beginning of the year and blah blah blah. blah. But he's not the guy who signed a one and one. Um, but particularly Kevin, like 
he's put himself in the position where he has to continuously answer these questions. Um, and, and this year just ramped up even more because of all the rumors about New York and, and the fight with Draymond and all that. Um, but, like, if, if you're talking, like, could they could they stand the media of New York asking them and criticizing them about basketball? I think they could. I don't because I, I think you're forgetting how sensitive Kevin Durant is about basketball. Um, he gets criticized all the time about basketball and then responds to it. And it's like, Kevin, you're a champion now. There should be nothing anyone is saying that gets to you mentally. Go play basketball like you say you, that's all you want to do. Just go play. Ignore it. It's going to happen regardless. I've seen LeBron drop, drop a triple-double and win, and Skip Bayless is talking about the fact that, you know, well, at the end of the game, like, he didn't do the layup. He had to pass to someone else. Like, dude, he had a triple-double, 30 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds, and one. Why are you nitpicking? But that's what the media does. They need conversation. Um, so it's like you have to understand that. And to the point that you were making about self-inflicted in the sense of this season, that to me is even worse. Because, Kyrie, at the beginning of the season, you said, I want to be a Celtic if you guys will have me. Do you know if you had stood to that point what you wouldn't have been asked about your free agency because you've made it clear already that you want to be a Boston Celtic? So, to me, it's like you can't get mad at me, the media, when you created this opportunity for us. Because back when you said, I'm a Celtic, don't ask me nothing. I'm a Celtic. You guys will have me. This is where I'll be. So you put the you put all the focus to the Celtics because now it's all right. Will the will the Celtics resign him because he says he wants to stay? I do not recall, and I'm not going to say it didn't exist. I do not recall the conversation about his free agency being this pressing. So one of two things: the Celtics started looking really bad, and then there started being conversation of the guys feeling like they could be they could be better without Kyrie. And then when Kyrie Fryle said, ask me in July. Wait, what? <laughs> that was, that, you that was July. a big one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, you just said months ago, this is this was your home now. But so, you know what? But thing, hey, but you so, know what? Here's the thing, Juwan. Like, I feel like that's the honest answer. And so, like, opinions can change. Fine. And if that's, if that's is, the honest answer, no. Right. And if, if, I agree with you. I know what you're about to say. And that's fine. But you can't say that and then not expect to have questions about your free agency. So, like, if, you, like, if you're going to be honest, which is good, like, sure, be honest, um, you know, but if you're going to take that path, you can't expect that everybody's just going to sit aside and, and be like, all right, well, he said ask him July 1st, so I guess we're just going to wait until July 1st to ask any sort of question pertaining to this matter. Uh until July. Like, it's not going to happen. Right. right. I mean, it was it was the equivalent to where it was like when Kyrie first got traded and all the conversation was he didn't want to play with LeBron. It was tension between the mm-hmm. two. I remember that entire offseason, he was saying how tired he was of answering questions about it. And then to me, I'm like, yeah. Kyrie, I don't think you understand the control you do have over media. All you had to say was, I didn't have issues with LeBron. I had issues with management, with Cleveland's management. So then you know what the right. focus comes off of? The beef between you and LeBron. Because I don't think right. there's any, any media out there 
that wouldn't trust that there's an issue with Cleveland's <laughs> with Cleveland's management. Right. So to me, you could have shed all of the focus off of you, but instead, what did he do? Went on television and further fed into the the, the idea that he had a problem with LeBron. Stephen A. Smith goes, right. you know, like. Did you feel as though like you should have like maybe had a conversation with LeBron before you left? Why? No, dude, that is the Why? wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is the wrong answer. So to me, it's like I can't. When I say sensitive, I don't mean sensitive like is is grown men. I mean sensitive in the sense of there's there's uh, there's points where you could get yourself out of having to talk about anything that you don't want to talk about. But these guys continuously place themselves in those said conversations. So you then can't go, I don't like you, media, because, you know, you spin stuff. You ask me stuff I don't want to talk about. But then the media is like, well, remember when you said you were going to be a Celtic for, for life? And then not too long after, you're kind of like, ask me in free agency that you brought up. So it's like you can't continue to create narratives. You didn't wonder why we asked you about this. That's the whole purpose of the media. We're not going to, again, we said this before, if I'm the media in Golden State, the last thing I want to know about is you playing basketball this season. We already can figure out you're going to go to the NBA Finals and win again. Right. I am more concerned with what you will do with your future. And then in the sense of Kyrie, the interest only came about free agency once he said, ask me during free agency. So now all my questions right. are going to be about free agency. <laughs> so... That's yeah. my point. Like, you just have to be smarter because you do control the media. I remember when LeBron, his last, this, this past season, the entire time throughout the season, everyone's like, LeBron's going to leave. LeBron controlled the media to a sense of he wasn't asked this often about what he was going to do after the season because numerous times he controlled the narrative by saying, I am in Cleveland right now. That's all I'm focused about. I'm only concerned about winning a championship for Cleveland. He just would put exclamation marks, not commas. Durant and Kyrie, every time they talk, it's a comma, and then that opens the, the floor for questions to come in about free agency. LeBron is just smarter than them in the sense of controlling the narrative, and that's what they have to get better in, especially if they want to come to New York. Yeah, I mean, I guess, maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I First of all, I think the two of them deserve each other. <laughs> um just like I mean, they're obviously really good buddies, and they kind of seem to have the same mo with a lot of this stuff. A hundred percent. And and so like I I think just for if no other reason, just seeing them on a team together would would add a lot of interesting storylines, especially like you know, I mean obviously with any set of teammates, you're bound to have beef at some point. Um, so that, I mean, that would be interesting. Um, I mean, it would just be, I think the NBA, it would be great for the NBA. (laughs) Um, and and just getting KD out of, out of Golden State in general. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think that again, I, I, I know I'm kind of just rehashing, um, but it's just more of a retort, I guess. I, I think they could, I think they could end up being fine in New York as far as the media. Um, might drive them a little bit crazy, um, but I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think. Um, I think the big, obviously, the big thing right now has been free agency, and that's that's what seems to drive them crazy. So again, if they if they both sign a four year deal, 
um, and they don't have to worry about that question coming up for two or three years. Like, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's one thing off the list that they have to worry about answering questions, uh, towards, um, now do, do I think that that's the only thing that they're maybe sensitive about or, or, you know, do I think that, you know, other things wouldn't come up that they would like kind of be like, man, I don't want to talk about this. Um, no, I mean, of course not, but, um, I think, I think they could cope. I, I do. I, I really do. I, 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 maybe I'm wrong, but you know, I, I, I think, I think they would be just fine. Um, I think they'd give us a lot to talk about that much. I, I will say, um, but, uh, but yeah, let's just, let's just collectively as NBA fans who are not, you know, uh, either Warriors fans or Celtics fans, just cross our fingers and hope that these two guys team up in New York for a multitude of reasons uh, because it, 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 it would be just great entertainment, both on the court and off the court. So fingers crossed. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, so we got uh, NBA action started again last night after the All-Star break. Um, we're going to talk about the, 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 the big games that were on uh, TNC. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Boston Celtics 98-97, and the Lakers 111-106. to um, Juwan, what was your thoughts on the Bucks-Celtics game? Um, that the Bucks have broken the mold. And by that, I mean never in, in NBA history, I think, did anyone ever think that you could have a team with that length and they be as athletic and as, um, you know, and also access the ability to shoot the way that the Bucks have. Um, I mean, you go from Brogdon to Brooke Lopez to Giannis to now having Miritic uh, to Tony Snell. Uh, they just have it all. And the best thing about the Bucks, like, huge shout-out to Coach Bud, um, who, by the way, is hands down going to win Coach of the Year. Um, he gets these kids to buy into defense, which, if you watch the Lakers, doesn't seem like an easy thing for coaches to get young players to do. Um, but these guys buy in so much. Um, the, the biggest takeaway I have is two things. One, I somewhat, and this is very small, I somewhat see what everyone was talking about back in uh, when Melo was with the Knicks with the sense of when Melo gets the ball, everyone just kind of watches Melo work. Um, and when you do that, it, it makes the game so stagnant for your offense because no one's ready to shoot because instead of sitting in a position to catch and shoot or to, to drive, they're just idly standing by while he's just dribbling around. Um, and I saw that with Kyrie in this game. Now, excuse me, I am not of the notion of it being possible in today's NBA to win a championship without a guy like Kyrie. I still do believe that that team – whether it's having an issue with Kyrie or whether it's just a sense of, I don't know when I'm going to get the ball because he just dribbles. Um, but the team does have issues with that uh, to the point to where it's like if the Celtics played the, the Sixers in the first round, I think they could easily beat them for two reasons. Well, three reasons, actually. One, uh, Sixers just always get out coached um, when it comes between their two coaches. Two, 
for some reason, Embiid has, like, no answer for Al Horford, whether it's offensively or defensively. Um, and three, Kyrie is just someone that it doesn't seem like Sixers have an answer for in the sense of he just – it feels like he can just do whatever he wants. Um, but against Milwaukee – Nobody has an answer for Kyrie. Don't pin that on the Sixers. No. You, well, yes. Okay, cool. Fine. 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 I'll give you that. Um, but the other two points are valid. But I give you that, but eh, okay. Um, but the biggest thing I took from the game is, one, Giannis again in big game shows up. The guy just shows up. Um, but I will say on that last drive, there were two fouls, but I completely get why they were not called. Um, that whole game was being refed as if it was a playoff game. Um, so I get it. I, I get not calling it, but those were those were a foul call, one or more uh, around the basket, and then the Kyrie foul. Eric Bledsoe had a lot of body contact in that uh, in that um, that defense of Kyrie going up to that potential uh, bucket. And you put Kyrie on that line, he's knocking down those free throws. Uh, so it was a game to where it was it, it didn't it had the controversy that I assume you were looking for from a game with, with the two one of you know. Two of the three best teams in the uh, the or four best teams really in the, in the East, but I enjoyed the game a lot. The Bucks are going to be a huge problem. They're going to have home home court advantage. The East is going to go through them. I find it really hard to believe anyone's going to beat them from the East this year. Um, if I had to bet right now, I'd bet money on the Bucks. Um, but it's just it's still it's like every time you feel though the Celtics are out of it. Kyrie just hits this crazy shot that's just like it's such a momentum grabber. And that's that's his best gift is that whenever you gain momentum, Kyrie has the ability, like Kobe did, to completely halt all of your momentum and swing it back his way. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where it's just like you're not – the Celtics aren't winning a championship without Kyrie. Like that notion has to go away. Um, but if the Celtics are winning a championship – it, it's not going to be this year because Giannis yeah. is going to have so much to say about that. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's several things kind of going on here with, with the Celtics. I mean, uh, it would, as it begins with their championship aspirations, even aside from the Warriors, like you said, I don't, I don't think they're making it out of the East. Um, they're, they're still short a guy. Um, Tatum isn't quite there yet, um, and you know, obviously they they have these aspirations of trading um, for Anthony Davis in the off season, and that like teaming Irving and Anthony Davis um, that would be huge. But I mean, also I I don't think you can you can overlook um, Hayward not being back yet to his, his full potential. Obviously, did not play last night. Um, I, you know, I kind of wonder, did, 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 did they ever say why that was? Um, I don't recall them ever addressing that. I believe, um, I believe, Nick, he was just a healthy scratch. I mean, if I had to take a guess, right. I believe that's what they were going with. He was just a healthy scratch. They didn't like how, I, I guess, him against that lineup uh, that Milwaukee had. Right. Uh, that, that's the only thing I could think of because there was no illness, there was no soreness or anything right. that I and saw. Obviously, he had scratch. plenty of rest. Yeah. Right. So, like, 
Um, so that I mean, that's got to be a cause for concern. I could understand, um, you know, wanting your your more athletic guys going up against Milwaukee because of their athleticism and length. Um, so that you yeah. know kind of makes sense, but it's still like that is um, that is definitely concerning. Um, you know that that he was a a a, a coach's decision um, DMP. Uh, you know, last night seemingly. Um, so yeah, I mean that is obviously concerning. Uh, Kyrie, yeah, I, I get what you're, you're saying about him. He he plays a little too much hero ball. Um, a, a bunch of the guys kind of standing around and watch. Yeah, here's the thing, like. You you can't you can't go nine of twenty seven and have your second best player go seven of thirteen. Like if you're Kyrie Irving, you can't do that. Like that doesn't work. You you can't expect to win games that way. Um, like if you've got a hot hand, sure. Like go ahead. Like nine of twenty seven. That is not a hot hand. That is not a good look. Not to mention. Didn't get to the free throw line one fucking time. Now, like, like you said, he probably should have, but he didn't. Um, and, like, that, again, is, is just not, like, any of what you saw from him last night, that's just not good team basketball. Um, so while I agree with you, the the notion that um, this team can win a championship without Kyrie is absurd. The notion that they are not as good without Kyrie, I think, is questionable. I think you could argue that this team is as good. I'm not going to say better, but is as good without him as they are with him because of the way that they play um, when he's not there. I don't. I just. I don't think this team, as constructed right now, is a championship caliber team. With or without Kyrie Irving, um, I just know, don't see you know, it. I, 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 go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, and again, a lot of my examples are gonna come from my favorite team. But it reminds me of the Knicks. Remember how well they were playing when they first got Jeremy Lin? Like they looked unstoppable. They, yeah. They hit the Lakers. They went to Toronto. Hit the game winner. Like they looked really, really, really good. Um, you saw Melo cheering on Jeremy Lin. The conversation was, how's the team going to look when Melo and Jeremy Lin, like, have to play together? Melo came back. Jeremy Lin got injured. But the entire chemistry of the team was off because the – I want to say that. The idea of what D'Antoni was able to build was D'Antoni's system is fluent with a point guard who can not only run but shoot and pass really well. That was Jeremy Lin. D'Antoni does not like to have a guy who's just dribbling and dribbling. Well, it seemed like that because now he has Harden, but a guy who just stops the flow. Like, he wants to get up a quick shot, get back. Get up a quick shot, get back. Um, you look at the Celtics and the way that Brad Stevens formatted that team last year when Kyrie was injured. The flow was just brilliant. You ran it through Tatum, but everyone kind of was buying in. And now it's kind of like everyone's like, well, I, I do want to be aggressive, but the ball's going to go to Kyrie. I think I'll get it back, but I don't know. So it kind of just seems like the chemistry is off, which is weird because they were playing yeah. really well with Kyrie the beginning of last year. So it wasn't like they never were playing good with Kyrie. 
So, I mean, it, it, it's a really weird situation, but to say that they could win, like you said, without Kyrie, it's not going to happen because last year is a perfect example. It got late. Jason Tatum couldn't buy a bucket. Brown couldn't buy a bucket. Right. Rogier looked like, you know, he was completely lost. You need a guy who can grab that rock and, and, and right. nail a three, right. you know, and, and swing that momentum. You're right. But conversely, are they going to be in that position with Kyrie? I don't know. I don't think they will be because um, they can't play together when he's there. It's like it's a catch-22 situation, at least seemingly. Like you, you, you obviously want to have Kyrie, um, but it's like you want to have him for specific moments. Like it, it's almost like I feel like – and you're going to think this is crazy, um, and rightfully so. Every listener probably should think it's crazy. But I almost feel like this team would be better suited to have, like, say, fucking Lou Williams. Uh, like somebody who, who doesn't, like, command the ball but can get you that bucket, those buckets, like, on command when necessary. But the rest of the, like, the rest of the time, the team can just flow and play and, you know, do whatever. Um, like it, it, it seems like that's what they're missing. They're missing like the combination of having the flow and having the guy who can get you the buckets. Um, and I, I, I don't see it getting better. I mean, maybe it will. Maybe I'm, I'm crazy. But like, I, it, it, the, the, the true measuring stick is going to be, um, you know, can this Celtics team, once they get in the playoffs, you know, make at least as deep of run as they made last year. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it because you're not going to be playing Philly in the second round. (laughs) You know, you're going to have to play um, either uh, Toronto or Milwaukee. Milwaukee. And I just, one or the other. And I, I just don't, I don't see, I don't see them beating either one of those teams in seven games. Like I just, I don't see it. Well, um, but anyway, no, I was just gonna say, I, <clears throat> last thing, I, I see what you're saying, and I don't disagree. Like I didn't find what you said absurd at all. Um, I completely agree. The only thing is, I don't think that if the Celtics get bounced out of the playoffs, I don't believe it'll be because of chemistry. It'll be because they lost to a Raptors. Uh, a Milwaukee or a Sixers teams that, if you look at it, seem to be possibly better than the Celtics. Um, the, their biggest strength last year was they were playing teams who didn't have experience. Milwaukee didn't have that experience. Philly didn't really have that experience. Um, you know, and you were taking advantage of that. You had guys that were vets, and you had guys that were stepping up when they needed to. If Boston gets bounced out, it won't be because they're not playing well. It'll be just because they, they got outplayed. By a team that was better. I think it'll be a combination and of the both. I think now this season is more believable than if they had got bounced out last year. Toronto's a better team. Milwaukee's a better team. Philly is iffy. Um, but I could see it. And I, I think they'll play well. It'll go seven games. And if it goes seven games, that's not a chemistry issue. That's just you got outplayed by a better team. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most. And to see if they go seven games throughout the course of the playoffs this year. Because if they don't, they get swept then I completely agree with you, Nick. I think it'll be because of chemistry. 
Um, but if it's seven games, I think they're giving you their best, but you lost to a better team. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think it'll be both. Um, I mean, I, I, it, it, we'll have to see. Um, obviously, we'll have to see how it plays out. But um, I, I, I expect that part of the reason why they're not the better team is because of chemistry. Um, because, I mean, it, it, I get that, you know, Giannis is better than Kyrie. I get that Kawhi is better than Kyrie. And their supporting cast is sort of somewhat equally as good. Um, I, I just I feel like the big difference with those two guys, though, the biggest difference between those two guys and Kyrie um, is those two guys, like, have – with their teammates. Like they all play well together. They play well with their teammates. Kyrie doesn't. Um, and I, I don't think that can be overlooked. Um, I, I, I just, I feel like that is going to continuously, continuously be a problem um, until it's not. And, you know, at, at the point that it's not great, but, you know, as of right now it is. And, We'll see if they, I mean, they still have a little bit of time left in the regular season to try and figure it out. Uh, but that that'll be that'll be something to definitely need to address. Um, but anyway, um, I wanted to talk about the Bucks uh, a little bit here. Um, like you juxtapose Kyrie's nine of twenty-seven and twenty-two points with Giannis's eleven of nineteen and thirty points. Um, got ten free throws. Uh, shot actually one of two from three. He's starting to kind of shoot decent from three as of late, um, which is real scary for all of the NBA. Um, but like that's the thing, like he he doesn't like he he's just kind of worked into the offense. Like he takes shots, um, he 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 finds holes, he drives to the bucket. Um, he doesn't um. At no point does he, he seem to have to force anything. They work. Um, he, he finds his spots throughout, you know, the game. Whereas Kyrie seems to either force things or or be in a position where everyone's relying on him when they don't need to be. Um, and like the Bucks could easily fall into that trap, and they don't this year. And I think a lot of that's on Coach Bud, um, but. You know, I I really I really like this Bucks team. Um, another crazy thing, just a, a, another kind of aside from this game, the Bucks shot 88 uh, field goal attempts. Uh, the Celtics shot 102, so they outshot them by 14 shots and still lost the game by one point. Um, that's like another thing that's like just super interesting to me. I don't think that's necessarily a uh, a pro or a con on either side because I think you could argue it either way. Um, but I, I just found that interesting um, that the Celtics were able to get up so many more shot attempts. Um, and, you know, with with um, uh, very little difference, obviously, in the final score. Um, but, no, I, I think one of the big things um, that struck me with this game was the benches. Um, Milwaukee's bench played really well and they have like secretly gotten themselves like a really, really 
damn good bench. I mean, picking up George Hill, like, was great for its contract value. Um, but, like, he's also, like, just been relatively solid as just a guy you can plug and play. Um, like, he didn't even score last night. Um, but in his 20 minutes, he was a, he was a plus 10. Um, while he was on the court, that's that's great. I mean, that's highly effective. Um, and Miritich was good in his limited time. Ilyasova once again was good in his limited time. Um, like these guys are just great plug and play guys. They really, really help this team. Um, and I I just really like the moves that John Horse has made. Uh, I, this this team is really good, like top to bottom. They kind of remind me of, and, and you know, and, and granted the landscape is different and everything else, but they kind of remind me of um, Dirk's championship team with Dallas when you just have this one superstar and then you have all of these perfect little pieces around him that just make sense. You know, with Giannis, you got Lopez who can stretch the floor and hit threes. You got um, – Middleton, uh, great defender, great wing defender, can also hit threes. You got Bledsoe, not the, not really a great three-point shooter, um, but like can uh, play on ball, play off ball. He's also a really good defender. Um, Brogdon is a good three-point shooter, um, and then now you've added Hill uh, and and Miritich. They obviously signed Ilyasova this off-season. Um, who's a good three-point shooter. Snell's a good three-point shooter. Um, so you got a lot of great shooters around him, um, and then a couple that are okay. Um, and and just, like, seemingly they all gel, they all fit together um, in a way that I, I didn't necessarily think was possible last season. Granted, we didn't know the acquisitions they were going to have. Um, but, like, all of this talent, I think you're probably right. I think Bud, Coach Bud, my, my pick is – Still, Mike Malone for Coach of the Year because um, I think, despite what what Budenholzer has been able to do with Milwaukee, I still think what Malone has been able to do with Denver is slightly more impressive. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, I I still think I think you're right though. I think I think Coach Bud will win Coach of the Year and it's totally deserving. I mean, either one of those guys deserve it. Um, but like, I, I won't have any qualms with that. It's just my pick is still at this point Mike Malone um but yeah I mean this team is really fucking good and they just kind of proved it last night and they proved too that like clutch situations do not scare them um yet again they've done it time and time again this season um and man I I just I really like watching this team play I mean it's like night and day from last year um as far as like how they play and how um, they utilize all of these various aspects to their team. Um, And their depth chart is just, to me, their depth chart is one of the most interesting in the league, because if you look down their depth chart, they have one small forward on their team. And that's Chris Middleton. They do not have another small forward on this team. And yet they move people around and play people, um, in, in various positions, and it just goes to show you how you can construct a team. You don't have to construct it in the sense of, well, you know, I need 
I need, uh, you know, a starting five and, you know, uh, a person to back up each of one of those guys that fit the positions and blah, 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 blah. No, I mean, you don't need that. You just need, like, even on guys who can play together um, and, and, you know, who you can rotate in and out in various formats. And, like, they picked a perfect guy to be able to do that um, in, in Coach Bud um, because he's great at it. Like, he rotates in uh, essentially uh, a backup point guard and then two shooting guards and two power forwards um, and, and is able to make that work with how they want to operate in addition to their starting lineup. And it's just, it's, it, it's, it's so much fun to watch. I mean, it's really fun too, because um, it's, it's cool to see coach Bud finally get to like coach a, a team around a superstar. Um, Cause he never quite got that in Atlanta. Um and like now that he does get that opportunity, it, it's really nice to be able to see him thrive, uh, you know, up there in Milwaukee. And just props to him. Um, I, uh, you know, was one of the people who was like, yeah, we probably do need to move on from Coach Bud here in Atlanta. Um, but I had no ill will towards them for what now. Um, I, I mean, I. He wanted to win now. He didn't want to go through a rebuild, just like Doc Rivers. I don't. I would hope that a lot of the Celtics fans didn't have a lot of ill will towards him either. Um, so, like, I'm I'm happy that he's um, up there doing his thing. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, but Juwan, anything you want to add before we move on? Uh, no, I mean you you were kind of nailing it. This uh, <laughs> Bucks team is just insane. Um, I, I will say the the one small bit of skepticism uh, that I'll have for this Bucks team. Uh, we, we, we always state this, is that the playoffs are a completely different monster. They look ready for it, but um, as, as they always say, everyone seems ready till you get punched in the mouth. So we'll see. Um, they won't be tested in the first round, so we can almost, <laughs> we can almost wipe that out. Um, but that second round is where they'll get really, 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 uh, I won't say dicey, but interesting for Milwaukee and to really see their character uh, in the playoffs. And it won't be until the second round. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we'll see how that plays out. All right, on to the Rockets versus the Lakers. Man, I was really hoping the Rockets would pull this one out, um, especially considering that uh, the Kings have now lost back-to-back heartbreakers to Really, really good teams. Uh, they lost by two um, to both uh, Golden State and Denver uh, in their last two games, one right before the All-Star break, the other last night. Um, so, they're, I mean, they're right there. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, they weren't able to pull them out. Uh, but the Lakers were able to. Uh, they won this game uh by six points I believe. Uh maybe five actually. I think yes, five. Um but uh but yeah I mean of course uh LeBron looks like LeBron. Uh, he had twenty nine points, twelve boards, six assists, a steal a block. Um he didn't hit any threes, uh but he only shot four. It's not like he was like just chucking them. Um you know who else looked really good? Was fucking Brandon Ingram. Uh, like this is the the kind of Brandon Ingram that we've been waiting to see next to LeBron. You know, we've seen it in short little bursts, um, but we haven't seen it, you know, throughout the the season. 
Um, we finally got to see it uh, last night. Um, he played really well. Um, Kuzma had some good contributions. Uh, Reggie Bullock looks like a pretty good pickup for them. Uh, got plugged into the starting lineup and was effective. Um, you know, I mean, it's mostly their starters. Their bench didn't really do much, um, but they didn't need to with with uh, Ingram and LeBron um, posting up so many, uh, you know, offensive and defensive numbers. Um, and then, you know, on the other side, uh, you know, of course, you, you had Paul, who was very efficient. Um, and then you had Harden, who got his 30, barely. Um, but, you know, just didn't seem in the swing of things like he normally is. Um, didn't get nearly as many shot attempts as he has been getting. Um, obviously, Gordon and Paul um, took several of those from him. Uh, and we, we finally got Capella back, who um, played reasonably well. Uh, he had, you know, a double-double. Um, still, interestingly enough, he, this year he's still not really protecting the paint very well, which I find really weird. Um, I, I, I I've tried to, like, figure out why that is and diagnose it, but I just still can't put my finger quite on it. Um, I think it's just their team defense isn't as good, so it doesn't allow him to um, to to cheat as much as he did last year. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, they just did ultimately did not look terribly effective. Rivers and Green took a lot of shots and, and didn't make a lot of them. Um, and Gordon... Uh, you know, he hit uh, four out of ten from three, um, but, you know, that, I mean, that was about all he could do. It, it, it'll be interesting. I I wonder if this Rockets team just needs to get readjusted with all of their starters back and everything else um, and kind of figure out where they go. Um, but I'm I'm not high at all on the Rockets. I don't think anybody is. Um, you know, this season. Uh, and the, this Lakers team definitely looked like they were coming out like, yeah, we're not going to lose this game. Uh, and it looks like maybe LeBron was like, yo, Brandon, look, like, hey, I know shit went down, blah, 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 but like, hey, like, like I know you can play. And he went out and played. Uh, maybe I'm thinking a little too much into this, but uh, Ingram – He's hit or miss. He can go and have a great game and then have have a subpar game and everything else. Um, but, man, he's got some potential. Um, and if he can figure it out next to LeBron, like, that's the guy that you really want to figure it out if you're going to be, um, you know, stuck with this lineup. I say stuck, but you know what I mean. Um, because that's that dude. Like, Ingram is – he's – I know you love Kuzma and, Everybody loves Kuzma and everything. But Brandon Ingram has the highest ceiling of anybody on the Lakers not named LeBron James. Like, just bar none. Um, and I, if, if the Lakers are going to be successful, Brandon Ingram is going to have to deliver games like this, and it's going to take LeBron being able to allow him uh, certain possessions and certain plays in order to do it. And they figured it out last night. It'll be interesting to see if they can um, figure it out uh, going forward against, you know, better defenses. Um, but uh, but what were your thoughts on last night's game? 
Yeah, I, I will say, Nick, I'll never agree with you on that uh, that Ingram Kuzma thing. But uh, as far as the game, it, it, it's one of those things where I, I keep telling you at every point where I keep thinking, man, this is James Harden and these Rockets, man. They're going to do it. They just continuously show me that me not having faith in them is, um, you know, it, it, it always lines up. Like, anytime something can go wrong for the Rockets instead of just going right, it always does. It never fails. Um, I'm usually never one for the conversation of, excuse me, referees being the reason why you lose. Um, some of those offensive fouls that they were calling on hard and you kind of look at and you go, uh, but what I want to explain to Harden is you now know how we feel every time you initiate contact on your drives and then they call a defensive foul. So it's like that's Damn how right. you feel every time watching you play. So you now yeah. know how it feels. Um, but, yes, I, I, will, I will say in his defense, uh, three of those four um, were outrageous. It was just like, wh- what are you seeing? Uh, one of those was when he was coming down the court uh, Rondo kind of bumped into him and then started holding his mouth, and they called an offensive foul like Rondo got hit in his mouth. I'm like, he didn't even touch him. Like, he literally didn't touch him. Um, but, yeah, this this is one of those games the Lakers needed to win. Uh, I wanted them to win because I want LeBron in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, it, it's to the point where it's just like, I don't think there's anything the Rockets can do to make themselves better purely because, uh, when they get to the playoffs, Harden's not going to have enough gas to get them to the finals. Like, they could gel. They could gel. They could hit their stride. But it's going to happen. Like, the thing of it is, if the, the playoffs were one game, like the NFL, I'd say the Rockets would probably be NBA champions already. They would have done it last year. But it's not. It's a stretch. So now you're looking for Harden to do what he's done in 82 games throughout the entire playoffs. That's asking someone to go on a scoring tear for an entire season, <laughs> that's asking way too much. Purely with, with a triple-double, Westbrook couldn't keep that up. Uh, something was going to be dropped, whether it was the assist, the rebounds, or the points. Something was going to fall. Um, and with Harden, I believe it's going to be his scoring. The thing they need the most, I think, is what he won't have to give them consistently throughout the entire playoffs. Um, so, I mean, that game was just, was just a taste of what you can expect come playoffs because seeing Tony runs his point guards into the ground. I, I, I think he was a big reason why Steve Nash going to the Lakers wasn't more of a, a hit like people were expecting it to be. Nash didn't have anything left to give. He had nothing left to give, um, especially with a guy who has to have the ball in his hands as much as Harden and Steve Nash do uh, under Tony. I'll say it was an exciting game to see Ingram show up. I, I will say, Nick, in the sense of Ingram is uh, supremely gifted. Um, and I'll be fair in this assessment and say if you had asked me um, before Kuzma was drafted, like, who did I think the better player was, I would have said Ingram. Uh, Ingram had the in- has the intangibles to be exactly, not defensively because we haven't seen that side of Ingram, but offensively exactly what Durant is. He just for some reason can't find consistency in his game. Reason why I side with Kuzma I wouldn't is because say that even go ahead, though. I'm sorry. I wouldn't go ahead. 
I wouldn't say he's got the Durant. I I feel like he's got more of the offensive potential of LeBron than he does Durant. Um, Pete Ingram? And the reason, yeah, the reason I say that is because he, like, he's not the elite scorer that, that Durant is and he never will be, um, but he's he's got the playmaking ability that LeBron has. Like, let me rephrase that. He's got the potential to have playmaking ability um, close to what LeBron uh, has. Um, I don't think he'll ever have what LeBron has. He's just never going to be that good. Um, but, like, I see him more in that that type of respect than I do Durant. Obviously, a poor man's version, either way you cut it. Um, but, like, I mean, right. that's that's more of how I see him. I see. I, I see it completely differently. I Ingram. See, it's really hard to assess any of these kids' game because it's it's being tweaked to uh, right. to fit LeBron's fit LeBron. game. Um, but but see, that's what I'm saying. Of, it, 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 it kind of wasn't last night for Ingram. Like Ingram was kind of allowed to do his thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I, I I think if they can figure out that connection between Ingram and LeBron and how you make both of those guys work, I think that's your key to success. I think the other guys just already fit LeBron and will be fine. And when they get Lonzo back, their defense is going to be a lot better. Um, and that's going to be their key to success to me. Is, is and, and again, like I said, you were going against a piss-poor defense in Houston this season. Um, like, right. ha, like, are they able to, to coexist and work? Um, is Ingram able to work against, um, you know, just stronger defenses? And if he doesn't, does LeBron have the patience to be like, all right, well, we still got to, like, try to make this work because of the bigger picture. But nevertheless, there's the bigger picture is we got to make the playoffs. So, like, maybe I just need to take over this game. It's a, it's an interesting dynamic that is going – to have to, you know, it's obviously going to play out before our eyes. And and how does all of that work down the stretch of the season? Well, I mean, it, it, okay, I'll say this. I'll say this from from your from your argument, and then just reviewing in my head uh, all the games that I've seen of Ingram and Kuzma. If you're telling me that with LeBron, Ingram will be Kyrie, Kuzma will be Kevin Love, I would tell you that's probably the best formula to go with. Only difference is. Uh, Kevin Love couldn't – he just couldn't find consistently his offensive stride playing with LeBron Um, and and Kyrie. I won't put it on LeBron, but playing with both of those ball-dominant guys. I'll say Kuzma benefits from LeBron more from the sense of Kuzma can be the guy that just sits in the corner and, and, and nails you three after three after three. He offensively is gifted to where that is what he does best. That is his only focus. I get you in the sense of Ingram can be that all-around guy. Um, And I won't argue that. Kuzma does not scream to me all-around guy. He screams to me, I'm only looking to get buckets. Um, So if you're telling me that's how you want to break down the three of them, I would tell you that would make the most sense. But if you're looking for a guy who benefits the most from having LeBron on the court, I still see that as Kuzma pure. Right. Purely he's because an, he's like, a much more seamless fit with LeBron, absolutely. Right, right. So th- I'll say in the sense of you were right in the sense of the, the higher uh, – the, the, 
the larger ceiling of the two. But I see it more of who fits LeBron better. And Kuzma is more tailored to Bosch and Kevin Love in the sense of he can kind of cater his game to just purely scoring in the sense of I can sit in the corner, I can come off picking pops, I can do whatever you need me to do, but scoring is my thing. And he's that's a, what Bosch had to he's come a, to. It, and just real quick, Kuzma is a damn good cutter. Like, he cuts to the basket, and LeBron finds him, and and, and, and so, so does Ball. Um, like, he, he, his cuts to the basket and, like, his ability to lose his defender, like, that's his greatest attribute. I don't even think it's just shooting because he hasn't been particularly great from three-point shooting this year. I think he's shooting 31% uh, from three. Um but, I mean, he's so respectable. You have to guard him there, which is why he um, can seem, seemingly kind of hide in the corner, and the moment his defender kind of turns to try to ball chase, he cuts behind him and then gets, you know, right to the bucket, and you got a guy like LeBron who just sees all of that shit and just, boom, hits that pass and, boom, right in the bucket. And like, that, that is Kuzma's best attribute. Right, and I, I, I'm going to say this again, man. If, if I'm the Lakers, I, I just looked at the standings now because they were showing how Minnesota isn't uh, isn't completely out of the picture. Neither is Dallas, by the way. Um, <laughs> but if if you look at it, if the Lakers can get that seventh seed, Nick, I have so much confidence that these guys can get out of the first round. Oh um, yeah. You just you look at it, and the thing the thing I want people to remember is. Never, well, let me not say never, in maybe the past 10 years, LeBron has always said, I approach regular season and playoff completely different. And we've right. seen that play out. We've seen how cold-blooded LeBron could be in the playoffs um, that he doesn't necessarily show in the regular season because he reserves it for the playoffs. Um, right. And then you just look at, you look at how gifted Lonzo is on the defensive end, um, how gifted Ingram and Kuzma are on the offensive end, this team could really start to gel and hit its stride heading into the playoffs, which makes them really dangerous. Now, obviously, I won't be the idiot who thinks if they stay in eighth, they could beat the Lakers. But I'll tell you this, Nick. I would put money that they could take the Warriors six games. I don't know if I'm comfortable saying seven. But they could take that team, no. uh, that Warriors team, six games. I'm going to go six I think games six on is honest. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. bet five, but, I mean, I could see six. Yeah. I mean, I, I would I feel comfortable see, seeing six. I could see LeBron having – remember that game he had in Boston to where he was just like, I'm not letting them send me home again. Um, yeah. He kept that series alive. I could see him having one of those moments in L.A. to keep that series going to six games, and then just inevitably you're playing five all-stars, so that's going to catch up to you at some point. Um, right. That's why I lean more towards – Six, but if they can avoid the Lakers in the first round, I'm just I'm putting it out there. I don't fear a team in the West as much as I would a LeBron James led team outside of Golden State. Yeah, I mean that would be that would be a hell of a draw for you know any team in the first round. Is like, hey, g- congratulations, you got the the second seed and you have to play LeBron. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> fucking great, like. This is cool. Like, can can we can we like can we like just choose to play the fifth seed instead? Like, is that yeah, is, absolutely is that possible? <laughs> or anybody else? Out. 
<laughs> yeah, like, we, doesn't our record mean anything? Can't we get, like, some say in this? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, so that's going to bring me to my next question. We lead uh, by the Kings, um, and uh, obviously um, the Clippers still own that eighth seed, but, um, you know, we all have kind of uh, jumped off that, that bandwagon or that ship or whatever. Um, do you think LeBron's going to lead this team into the playoffs? And um, I, 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 let me ask you this. Let me ask you this in a different way. Okay. What percentage chance do you give LeBron of leading this team to the playoffs? Realistically, I'm going to say with my heart, a hundred percent. But if you're asking me to don't be the glorified fan of LeBron and be more realistic, <laughs> I would say about. Sure. I would say honestly 65% because I think a lot of okay. people, since they don't have access to watch the Kings, they don't realize how good the Kings are. Um, there's yeah. a reason why they were within a bucket from beating the Golden State Warriors last night. Right. Um, and so the I, Denver Nuggets, you know, before the and playoffs. And the Denver Nuggets. And the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think if you're asking me realistically, like the guy who actually watches basketball, um, I would say 65%. It's LeBron. Um but I, I can't completely poo-poo the Kings because they're here. Like, they're, they're not right. like, oh, we're slowly rebuilding. No, they're like, we're here right now, and you're going to notice us. Um, and you have, you have to commend that. But, again, LeBron James, you kind of just – until you see it, it's really hard to say. Um, that was like when Rob Parker went out on a limb and was like, Tom Brady won't make the, the playoffs. And it was just like, Really? You want to make that that declaration? Okay, sure. Uh, and we see what happens. So I don't want right. to say with confidence LeBron will miss it. So 65% is where I'm comfortable at right now. Yeah, well, Rob Parker's an idiot. So, And I, I've got no qualms <laughs> with saying that. Um, you know, I mean, I, I know we're, you know, supposed to be uh, chivalrous media uh, people, or chivalrous isn't the right word, but um, we're supposed to be respectful of, you know, other other media personalities and yada yada yada. Um, I am, to the most part, for the most part, like you know, I, like I, you know, I won't sit here and say, you know, Skip Bayless is an idiot. Like Skip Bayless isn't an idiot. Um, he says a lot of stupid shit sometimes, but he's not an idiot. He knows what he's doing. Uh, Rob Rob Parker's just an idiot. Like that motherfucker. Yeah. He says stupid shit way too often for anybody that. You know, classify every time he's on any segment uh, on on FS1. I'm just like, all right, I don't even fucking care. Like, I don't even, I don't even <laughs> want to listen to this because um, he's he's that stupid. It's like, you know, it, it, it's like I feel bad for Chris Broussard every time he has to have a conversation with him. I'm like, damn it, like yeah. Chris Broussard is like highly intelligent. Like they should just save Rob Parker for Colin Coward show. Just throw him on there from time to time. And let Colin deal with him, um, but like nowhere else, please. Or or, or let, like throw him to Jason Whitlock because that's the other idiot on that station. Like those two guys oh, are the dumbest people in sports, uh, you know, broadcasting. I um, I personally never watched Jason Whitlock. Um, I was actually offended one time when I went to uh, the herd and he was taking over the show. I was just like, no, 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 no. This is offensive. There's no way he should be able yeah. to do this. Like, I, I don't trust his credentials to talk anything sports-related, uh, especially sometimes no. when it comes to black sports. 
uh, or black ass. Oh rather. yeah. Um, I, I trust yeah, him even less. Even less. Yeah. He yeah he's he's got a weird stance on on those kinds of things. Really. He's, weird. he's like the uh, he's like the the. A quote unquote token black guy that that like Fox News brings on when they want to be like, see here's a black person that agrees with us, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, um, the, it's kind of the same feel that Jason Whitlock has. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I it, like, and even aside from his socio socio political um, viewpoints, like just as far as his takes on um, the game, I don't get, and I think. His his takes on LeBron are just the worst. Like I I can't <laughs> like they're they're just so far fetched and just grasping at straws. Like it's like dude, like we get it. You don't like LeBron, you love MJ. Like whatever, dude. Like stop trying to deny that LeBron is great. Like it, uh, it or stop trying to like you know tear LeBron down to raise Michael Jordan. You know. I've said this so many times on the show. Nothing drives me crazier than when either LeBron people or Jordan people try to tear down the other side to raise their guy up. Like that, like you don't have to do that. You could just sit here and say, like, here's the facts. Here's why I think what I think. You don't have to like bring in all of the fucking. Well, LeBron doesn't have that clutch gene. Like, motherfucker, what the fuck are you talking about? Doesn't have that clutch gene? Like, uh, it. Just ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, God, we could have like a whole show on just the dumbest people in sports media. Maybe we will someday, but tonight is not that night. Um, but no, I mean, I, I ultimately, I'm, I'm I'm kind of on the other side uh, with you here. Uh, I would say I'm gonna say uh, 45% chance that LeBron um, leads the Lakers to the playoffs. They got a, they got a tougher schedule than the Kings throughout. Uh, the rest of the season. Um, so I, I'm going to go slightly lower than 50% that they make the playoffs um, because of that, because of how well the Kings are playing. Um, but that being said, um, of course, I mean, it's only a 5% differential. I won't be shocked if it happens. Um, but I do believe in the Kings team. I really do. I, I think um, they've got the talent. They've got the coaching. Picking up Harrison Barnes is a great pickup. Um, yeah, I, I believe in them. I think I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, but you know, uh, to you know, the the bottom of the West is so packed, so tight uh, right now that like we could be looking at a scenario uh, come playoff time where you know maybe the Lakers are the seventh seed and the Kings are the eighth seed and somebody else is you know, missing out. Um, I wouldn't bet on probably. Yeah. uh, I wouldn't bet on that. Um, but you know, there, there's another teams in there, you know, the jazz, the rockets, um, the, uh, the blazers. I mean, all those teams are right in there in that pack. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think you can just narrow it down to, um, you know the eighth seed is the only seed that's open, and it's just it's coming down to the Lakers versus the Kings. I think there could be um, a little more movement than that, despite there not being a whole lot of games left. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just I, I do I feel strongly that the Kings are going to make the playoffs, um, but we'll see. Um, fingers crossed. Uh, but let's move on 
on. Um, uh, let's get into our last topic tonight. Um, so we got uh, we got two things here. Um, so I'm going to let you pick here, Juwan. Uh, uh, LeBron's going to have Anthony Davis on his show, The Shop, next month. Um, but also, according to Zach Lowe, Christoph Sprzingis was not thrilled at the idea of sharing spotlight with Kevin Durant in New York. He wanted apparently uh, wanted to be the guy uh, in uh, you know New York City and for the Knicks, and you know didn't necessarily uh, think that um, playing alongside KD would allow him that uh, ability. Um, which topic do you want to cover to close this out? Uh, believe it or not, even I desperately want to talk about that KP thing because he has some real goddamn nerve. Um, <clears throat> I, I kind of want to go over. Um, I kind of want to go over this LeBron having Anthony Davis right. uh, on on the shop. By the way, the cast of that episode is Jamie Foxx, Antonio Brown, Anthony Davis, uh, LeBron, Mav Carter, and another celebrity, but I can't remember the other celebrity's name. So it, it's going to be a fun show, but. The reason why I wanted to talk about this is the NBA has to do something. Uh, this episode, Nick, was recorded during All-Star break. Um, so that means LeBron had another chance to get both of their agents, which is the same guy, in a room to talk, discuss, <laughs> figure things out. Um, and what would be further collusion is if AD talked about his pending free agency with LeBron and Maverick Carter on the shop. Um, the, right. The, it's it's a weird position that the NBA finds itself in because technically it's not illegal. You both have the same agent, um, so obviously conversations would would arise to where it's like, oh, I would like to play with him. Cool, let me see what I can do. Um, but what I don't want is for that to become something that happens more often in the NBA, where guys are getting the same agent and then they're kind of working together to kind of get together. Um, there's no way to really stop it. But it's to the point to where it's just like, all right, well, that's just wrong. LeBron taking him out to dinner, them having the same agent, the agent being LeBron's best friend. Like, too many optics of it is just bad. It's just really bad. Um, and if I'm the NBA, there's technically nothing I can really do about it, maybe find them for the dinner or whatever, but I think they already did. Um, but I'm really curious to see how you feel, Nick, because it's just one of those things that just feels icky. But, again, there's just no way to really – because there's nothing truly, I, I guess, legally within the, the rules of the NBA wrong with what they're doing. Um, I mean, LeBron's just showing that this is his world and we're just all players in it. Um, <laughs> and that's what it is, man. Like, I mean – but, you know, what's funny is you do that enough times and it comes back to bite you in the ass, and then you end up in L.A. by yourself without another superstar. So, I, I don't know. I mean, let him do it. Like, it's fine. I don't. I mean, I don't care. I just think that, you know, ultimately, um, I don't. I don't believe in karma. Um, I think karma is just justice without the satisfaction, and I don't believe in justice per se. Um, but you got really deep there, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do that sometimes. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I, I think it is. It, it, it's, it, it's a, it, it's a facade of karma. It's nothing else. I mean, uh, you know, he can tamper and, and try to do 
all the shit that he wants. Um, but ultimately, the Pelicans are going to trade him to the team that makes the best offer, and maybe that is the Lakers. But, you know, now the Lakers have already put themselves in the position where they're offering everybody. Um, now, maybe they don't have to offer everybody in the offseason because, you know, the other offers uh, aren't there that drive up the offer. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I don't necessarily think that um, – I don't know. I'm not worried about it. Um, I don't. I don't think LeBron's going to win another championship. I think it would be a miraculous turn of events uh, if he does. I think it would probably take them landing a free agent this off season. I think probably the best two free agents that are maybe in play for them are. Um, I buy into the fact. I don't think Kyrie. Kawhi wants to play with LeBron. I don't think he necessarily likes the, the whole media circus. I think he would much rather go to the Clippers um, and just kind of be the guy there or stay in Toronto. Um, I think Butler um, may consider it. Um, Philly doesn't give him the offer that he wants to get. So that's a that's kind of an if scenario. Um, I think Kimball Walker will consider it. Um I think those are the two guys who L.A. would be looking at, and then you try to flip all your existing guys for A.D. So if you got Kemba, you got LeBron, you got Anthony Davis, sure, you got a shot at winning a title, um, especially if Kevin Durant walks. But even if Kevin Durant doesn't walk, you still got a shot with that team. Um, but, you know, I mean, ultimately, I you know, he can have all the conversations he wants to have with Anthony Davis. Like, to me, the biggest thing is, like, if you're the Pelicans, like put yourself in position to get the best that you could possibly get for Anthony Davis. We all knew this was coming. You know, they were all bitching about, uh, you know, being so upset that they got put on the spot and blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, like everybody and their fucking brother knew this was coming. We just didn't fucking think it was going to be this early. Like, so like, it's really not like, it's almost a luxury for you. If you look at it in the right context, that it was, this early um so like the whole collusion thing the whole um you know uh, the fact that lebron um you know courts all these other players yeah he does of course he does they all do it with each other now it's the au uh mentality um but that's just the nature of the beast that's the way the game has gone um i don't know it just doesn't bother me anymore it used to it used to really bug me like i really was pissed off that, um, you know, LeBron and Wade and Bosch all kind of made this plan together and all joined Miami. Like, I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah, it was whatever. And my brother, I vividly remember having this conversation with my brother. My brother was like, why? Fucking GMs have been doing this for years. Like, uh, like uh, teams have been doing this for years. Like, what, why does it upset you that players are now doing it? Like, because that's when it, like, first happened. Like, it's when players were, like, we're going to team up together. Um, and, you know, I was like, that's not right. This is not, this is not the way things work. Like, you know, but like, I guess because it is the way things work now and I've just gotten used to it, it just doesn't bug me anymore. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the, the stance I take is I don't have an issue that LeBron and Anthony Davis necessarily talk because all the players talk, like you said before, I think the optic of it is, is, is what bugs me the most, mainly because, um, it's just, it it was made so public, everything, like not some things, everything 
was made so public, and it started with the dinner because not too long after the dinner did Anthony Davis say, I don't want to be here. Now, granted, I agree with you. We all knew he didn't want to be there. We knew the the clock was ticking on AD leaving the Pelicans. He had been there for years, and they've been trash. Like, he, he managed yeah. to get them to the playoffs one year. Um, and, you know, they, they lost out to the Warriors, of course. Um, so it's one of those things where it's just like two years. he was going to leave. Uh, two times, sorry, two times. Um, he was going to leave. So we all knew that. But I just don't like the optic of it to where it's just like it's swinging the pendulum to LeBron's way. And like you said at the beginning, it's LeBron's world. We're just all players in it. That's what I don't like is that he has so much control, not over a franchise, because that's fine. That's, that's what guys that are big names do nowadays. He, it feels like he has so much swing over the entire NBA, and that's what bothers we'll see. me. Because that, to me, huh? I said we'll see. I mean, yeah, this offseason is yeah. going to be really telling. Like, we'll see. Um, because if they don't get a big – if they don't get a max free agent, and like I'm saying, like – I think their max free agent target list is not your cream of the crop. Like, they're not getting Kevin Durant. They're not getting Kyrie Irving. Kyrie's not going to go back and play with LeBron. I know he called and apologized to him and all that. He's not going to go back and play with him again. Like, it's not going to happen. Um, so you're not getting either one of those guys. I don't think you're getting Kawhi. I don't think Kawhi wants any part of playing alongside LeBron and everything that comes with it. Um I, I don't think you're getting any of the cream of the crop guys. You're getting like a Jimmy Butler or a, a Kimball Walker. I I guess you could throw Chris Middleton um, or Tobias Harris into those conversations. Um, I I don't think Middleton is leaving. Uh, Tobias Harris might um, want to see how his short tenure plays out with Philly. Um, so maybe that's a possibility. Um, and Tobias Harris would actually be, like, a really good fit next to LeBron. Um, but, uh, but like, you're not getting any of the really big names. Um, but if you even miss out on the second-tier names, because, like, you know, here's the thing. We talk about, hey, if you're the Knicks, like, if, if you don't get, you know, you know uh, basically, if you don't get Durant, don't go out and sign Kimba and, you know, Middleton or, or Kimba and, and Tobias Harris or, or would pick any two guys you want. Um, but for the Lakers, it's like, dude, if you don't get anybody, you, like, you're fucked. Like, you need to get somebody, even if it is um, Kimba or, or Tobias Harris. or the, You need to get one of those max guys, even if it's one of the lesser two max guys. You have to be able to pull that off this offseason. Um, and if you don't, like, I think that's going to go a long way as to basically kind of shattering the, I guess, the, the image or the reality, if you will, that LeBron um, has this this kind of pull um, that, may, I mean, maybe he doesn't have anymore. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean – he hasn't – I mean, when has he ever drawn in a max free agent? He, I mean, he hasn't. I mean, he went and teamed no, up he hasn't. With, I, with those guys in Miami, and then he went back uh, and teamed up with Kyrie and, 
and they traded for Kevin, but he never like really brought in a max. So like, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think that comes with the territory of being the best player in the NBA for so long is people want to beat you. Um, and you know, I, I think especially the, those top tier guys, um, I think people want to, um, sort of, uh, assert their, um, uh, their skill set against yours and, 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 you know, want to prove that they're better than you, um, regardless of whether they are or not, but they want to at least, uh, bring up the argument. Yeah. I mean, it's the sense of you go play with LeBron, they're going to say, Oh, you won your title because you played with LeBron. Um, a lot of players don't don't like that. I mean, I wouldn't even rule out Nick. I think his his the biggest thing LeBron had was the idea of leadership, and I think that's taken a toll uh, since he's left Miami. Uh, he's become Probably. very much uh, a finger pointer. Um, I mean, yeah. since he's left Miami, I've compared him completely to Aaron Rodgers in the sense of, I mean, Nick in the press conference after the finals. They go, LeBron, like, did you feel as though there was anything else you could do to kind of will this team to win? His response wasn't, no, man, we, you know, we did everything because of the team. His response was, I had a triple-double. <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's your response? In a team game, that's what you want to say. Um, so I, I think a lot of people, it puts a lot of people off. Like, not everyone could just completely mask their own um, – you know, their own ego to better comfort LeBron. And I, I think that's kind of what guys like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, I think that's what they look at. And they're like, I don't want that. Like, I really just don't want to be with a guy like that um, who just doesn't really exude the idea of being a proper leader. And you kind of really haven't seen it with the Lakers this season either. Um, so that's why I'm really yeah. curious to see if he can do it heading into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I, I shit, man. Me too. Um, and you know, honestly, <laughs> I know a lot of people have brought this up, but if I'm Anthony Davis, I'm not. I don't I I don't know why he. Now I know why Rich Paul and LeBron and you know all these other people would want it. I don't know why he would necessarily want to go play with an aging LeBron with. Like, if he was just signing there, like, if he was a free agent this offseason, I could see it. Like, you're teaming with, you know, one one of, if not the best players in the league. Uh, you fit a positional need that they, um, you know, need as far as you can play the center position. Um, and you'd be the ideal center next to LeBron James. And you could play with Kuzma and Ingram and Lonzo Ball and all these other guys. I don't know why you'd want to force your, a trade there where you're getting rid of all these young guys. And then it's you and LeBron. LeBron's going to be done in like three years. And then you're stuck there. Nobody. <laughs> um, Nobody, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like will that, say the, that doesn't make I sense. I will say the, the advantage would be, Nick, is that they will have cap space after, obviously, LeBron retires. And then you could rebuild sure. with Anthony Davis. But it defeats the whole purpose of why you wanted to leave New Orleans, which was exactly. you want to immediately go become a contender and last, not just for like a year or two. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's why everyone yeah. was saying, Anthony Davis, you should just wait, go to like a team like the Knicks like or the Celtics, but guys who already have an established uh, roster yeah. that you can fit into rather than blowing. Don't pull a Carmelo is all I'm saying. <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? Like, 
maybe you just wait it out, and then if you still, if LeBron's still playing at the same level in a couple of years, and Ingram's up this game a little bit or whatever, then go join the Lakers. Um, right. But you know, don't do it now. Like, don't force a trade there now. Uh, but anyway, yeah. that's it for tonight. Juwan, thanks for joining me. Uh, be sure to check out Geek Vibes Live this Sunday at 8 o'clock, and we will see you next week. Until then, peace. Peace. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc